When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Everybody and welcome to Wiregrass Haunts. I'm your host, Mr. Stan Fike, and I want to let everybody know that Mary is not going to be with us tonight. She is under the weather, so please, everybody, whisper a little bit of a prayer for Miss Mary. Um, she's kind of been going through some rough things here in the last few weeks, so uh, but she'll be back. Never fear, next week, and uh, we'll hear from Mary, and maybe she'll be in the chat room. Uh, here in just a little bit, but uh, um, I want to let everybody know uh, we have a great show tonight. Um, 
our guest is threefold paranormal and we'll get to them here in just a couple of minutes. I wanted to kind of give, um, Wiregrass haunts condolences out to, um, Lorraine Warren's family, um, with her passing this past week. Uh, the paranormal community lost a, a great, great lady. Um, everybody just, uh, whisper a prayer, a prayer for her family and, um, it's it's one of those things, you know. Everybody comes to the end, and and it's time to go home. So uh, Miss Warren went home, and we just wish the family all the best in the world. Um, also, I wanted to let everybody know uh, about the Web Radio Network. We have two new shows that's coming up. Uh, in fact, Wednesday the first, Miss um, Mary Curion and Shawana Coleman is going to be is be the very first show um, is Paranormal Effect. Um, that's a, it's, it's going to be interesting. They're going to be talking to people that the paranormal has affected in a negative manner. And uh, some of the lasting effects, whether it be a paranormal investigator or uh, a private family or, you know, even a TV show gone bad, you know, that type of thing. And on... May 3rd, which would be the Friday, or, yeah, the Friday, I believe, the ne- that next Friday, there'll also be another show. Um, it's called Spiritual Gate, and that's also going to be with Mary Curion and Annie Crowell. I think I got her name right. Um, Annie, if I didn't, I, I do apologize. So I want everybody to tune in and, and Listen to that. Watch for on Facebook and Twitter and stuff for all the the notices and stuff like that. And just kind of give the ladies a a big hello in the chat room and and let them know that let her know that you're supporting her. But uh, all right. Well, everybody. Without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and bring in my guest for tonight, Threefold Paranormal. Ladies, are you there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um, I'm gonna kind of start off. I want you ladies to introduce yourself and kind of get a, give a little bit of a brief background. Miss um, Julia, if you if you will, we'll start with you. Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Julia Syracusa. Um, a lot of you might know me from one, I'm one of the owners of the Horsefly Chronicles home, which is a well documented haunted location. Um, I grew up in Staten Island, New York. Um, in a very, very haunted home. And I grew up, you know, witnessing and seeing a lot of things that, you know, a young child maybe shouldn't see. I was very, very tormented by a spirit in my home. And I just really didn't know how to handle it. So that's basically, I guess, my little intro, my story. Oh. It happened. Thank you. All right. Um, Vanessa, are you with me? I am with you. Hi, everyone. My name is Vanessa Hogle. I apologize for the way I sound, but I'm sickly. Um, I am an author, paranormal investigator, psychic medium, all the players, all that good stuff. I have my show with uh, Mike Ricksecker, my publisher, uh, called Edge of the Rabbit Hole every Tuesday night on YouTube. And... uh, been doing this a cool minute, so uh, <laughs> that's kind of what I got to say. Getting ready to film a documentary in Ireland, too, so pretty darn excited about that. 
Oh yeah, that's cool. All right, Thank Rachel, you. are you are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Uh, my name is Rachel Rockwell. I am also originally from Staten Island, New York. Um, it was later in life that I kind of started experiencing paranormal stuff, which led me into, you know, wanting to do more. And then I met the wonderful Julia and Vanessa. And it's Aww. <laughs> all good stuff from there. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, all right. Well, well, ladies, I'm going to uh, bombard you with some questions. Is that okay? Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to throw one up in there and let one of you guys choose whichever one that wants to an- answer this. Oh. Um, I want to know how did threefold paranormal start from the beginning? Julia? Like I said before, I grew up in Staten Island, New York, um, where this story kind of took place. And I went to school with a little girl named Holly Ann Hughes um, in Staten Island, PS20. And she was such a sweet little girl, a sad little girl. But the sad, it, something about her always attracted me to her. And we just became friends, like, at a very young age. And one day, she just never came back to school. I didn't understand. I was only seven. Um, you know, and back then, in 1981, you know, it, weren't, it wasn't really talked about as much as it is now. So I just knew that my friend was gone. Um, I didn't know what happened to her. I overheard my parents talking, and she was kidnapped. And that's, and then one, and then over the years, I just, you know, I grew up and I went, I don't want to say forgot about it, but I just grew up and I, I always thought about her. But years later, years and years and years later, um, I, I was sitting in my living room, my husband and my friend, and the original documentary came on. And I said to myself, The Legend of Crosby. And I said, I, I know this little girl. I remember her. And just like all these things just kept rushing back to me. I started researching. I started calling my mother. And I just, the more I researched into this whole case, the more I didn't understand what was going on. Something just did not sit well with me. It, it was just weird. And I wanted to find out more. I actually wanted to go down, you know, to Willowbrook State School in Staten Island, where she was by myself. And I said to myself, there's no way I could do this by myself. And at the time, um, I knew Vanessa because she was she did a lot of remote viewing on my home. Like I said, I live in a very well-documented haunted location called the Horsefly Chronicles. And she did a lot of remote viewing, and something just told me that, you know, I needed her to help me. You know, I could have, I started talking about this on social media, and I had so many people texting me, you know, wanting to help me, but something just kept pushing me, like, back to Vanessa. And I asked her, can you help me with this case? I I explained everything to her, and she's like, I I definitely can. I just, you know, I can't do it right now. So I I had to wait about a year and a half, 
and it was well worth the wait. But in the meantime, while I was waiting for her to come down, because she does live in Oklahoma, and I'm in Eastern PA, which is like an hour and a half from Staten Island, and it's not easy for her, you know, to travel and to get down here. She's very busy. So while we were waiting, we were researching together, and nothing made any sense. So, and, and then I met Rachel on Facebook, and she's also from Staten Island, New York, with a story of her own. And we also just started connecting. It was just, it's just so weird how people can just have a connection, not even meet each other. But I asked her, I said, do you want to help me? And she said, yeah. And and that's how we really came to become a team. Now, mind you that the three of us never met each other in person. So these are three girls I've never met. Or, you know, are talking to each other on social media and on the phone, but never physically met. And I just want to say this before Vanessa and Rachel jump in. The moment that we came together as a team, the moment that we hit together, our feet hit the ground, stand out together, it was instant connection. Like we've known each other our whole lives. And that just doesn't happen with girls. No. It just doesn't. Girls are very catty, they're mean, they're nasty, they're just <laughs> jealous. I mean, and it was just such a sisterly bond, and it was just amazing. And that's basically how we came together. Oh, True story. <laughs> Maybe, well, Vanessa, what's your views on that? Uh, she's 100% dead on balls accurate. You know, I mean, it's especially in this field especially in this field. Um, women vie for attention. They, they, they vie for a place in the spotlight. And that just wasn't the case at all. No. It, it was in the beginning, still is, and will always remain three women of equal status in search of answers for a person that trumps us in importance, and that is Holly and Hugh. It's her story, not ours. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, so Rachel, how did you feel when you you started uh, the tie with uh, Vanessa and Julia? Well, I was super excited because it was the way that. All right. How do how do I explain it? Like the way the feeling I got because Julia was. He was into this for all the right reasons. Her heart is made of pure gold and, you know, this was her friend and it just, it excited me and I wanted to help and I was very determined you, you know, help do. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Research and just really try to get some answers. Like, I was super excited. Right. Wow. So at what point did you ladies finally meet? I mean, how long were you into this, into this group uh, before you ladies finally met? A year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half of just talking on the phone and researching together. And, and ironically, ironically, when we came together, it was the, what was it, Julia, the 35th or 36th anniversary of Holly Ann disappearance. Yeah, the 36-year anniversary of her disappearance to the day. So we were there. She, Holly Ann went missing July, July 15th? Mm-hmm. July 15th, yeah. 1981. And we were there on that day 36 years later. And that was not planned. No. Not at That all. was not planned. It just happened to work out that way. I found cheap airline tickets. For that weekend. That's honestly how that happened. True story. True story. Fate intervened. Well, I was going to say, you said that, you know, you didn't intend for that to happen. Maybe something else intended for that to happen. Most definitely. So when you ladies finally met, okay, um, was it like a, you said that you you felt like y'all were sisters. So when when you guys finally met, was it like a big family reunion or, or were you guys still a little standoffish or, you know, how no, we weren't stand, we weren't standoffish at all. No. And I think, I think the three of us are, would be kind of standoffish to maybe people that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, we so, so kind of guarded girls. Um, and no, it wasn't like that at all. Wow. So not yeah, not me- even a little bit. Okay, no. <laughs> was there a, was there a special meeting place that this took place, or uh, was it just well? <clears throat> well, we picked up uh, my husband picked up Vanessa from the airport, um, and put and she, and she spent the night in my house, and you know we did a little investigation here, and then in the morning we Staten Island's only an hour and a half from me. We drove and we we met Rachel in Staten Island. And that's how we, that's how we all met. Wow. Yes. And we just, we hit, we hit the ground running. Yeah. You know, (laughs) yeah, we got there. I I think we might've thrown some Burger King down our throats for about a second. And then we just hit the ground running. Yeah. Yeah. And the the first place we went to was actually PS1. It was actually the house I grew up in. Right, yeah, it was uh, yeah. as I grew yeah. up in because it was extremely haunted, terrible experience for me in that house, which was only which was only like maybe ten minutes from the school that I met Holly Ann and and I'll never forget Vanessa the words that you said to me. You just looked at the house and you were like, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry." Yeah, 
Mm. Not a good place. Not a good place. Not a good place. And, and well, well, Julia, living in this haunted house, um, is that kind of what projected you towards being a paranormal investigator? It 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 was it was that's how I guess it started for me. Um, but I also would I was experiencing terrible things in that house up until I was about twelve years old when. Um, my deceased grandfather came to me in a dream. It sounds so silly and crazy, but it's true. And then I remember he he said to me, you know, that man's never going to bother you again because it was haunted by a man, just a not a really mean man. Mm-hmm. And he never did. He never did. I never saw him again after that. I mean, I heard my, my mother and my father talking about it. And I heard things, but I never saw him again. So I kind of like was shielded and blocked from 12 to I would say about 42 years old. So I don't have like years and years and years of experience is, you know, being a paranormal investigator as, mm-hmm. you know, Vanessa does and Rachel does. But, I don't. you know, when I did start <laughs> on blogging, it was just, it was like, it was just crazy. You know, my husband, he helped me a lot too just to, um, you know, start unblocking myself. And we started holding events here at the house, and I just started meeting so many people in the field, and just things started happening. And that's basically when I just started digging into this case, too. So, Julia, are you empathic? Yes. I don't, like, really like to label myself because I don't... I'm not a medium, not a psychic. I... I feel things. I can see things. Um, I'm I'm very sensitive. I could pick up things, and but I wouldn't say that I'm a medium or a psychic. No. I gotcha. Wow. But uh, now, Vanessa, um, are you empathic as well? Um, without sounding kind of bitchy. Okay. Um, I kind, I kind of got the mother load. It's, it's kind of like, um, anyone who watches Game of Thrones, the little dude that says I drink and I know shit. Um, I talk to dead people and I know shit. So it's, I mean, I've been, I've done this. Uh, right. I think it, I think it's the sickliness that gives it that extra oomph, you know? Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, I've done this, I've, I've talked to them and seen them and felt them, smelt them, tasted auras, everything since I was about the age of two and I blocked it for a very long time after my teen years because it made for a very uncomfortable childhood, mm-hmm. very uncomfortable teenage yeah. years. I was the freak. I was the creepy girl. I was the one that could you know, put people in a seizure just by looking in their eyes for too long. I mean, it was not fun, not something I would ever go after myself. Um, That having been said, uh, when I was 31, so from about 15, 14, 15 on um, to about 31, I I did a a bang-up job of shielding myself. And, I mean, some things would sneak in. Some things not so much. Um, when my when my son started exhibiting signs, 
that he had some of the same abilities at the, at a young age, a very young age, like two, like me. Um, I said, screw it. You know what? I'm just going to let my sweet flag fly. And uh, because I didn't want him to go through life the same way I did. Because even though this runs in my family, nobody ever talked about it. Heaven forbid, you know. And, um, and I mean, they most of them still shun it today. And don't, it's not something you talk about in polite company. Um, once I noticed that with my son, I just, I just said, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this this way. And when I kicked that door open, it, it kicked wide open (laughs) and there's been no stopping it since. And that was 16 years ago. Wow. Oh, joy. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Happy, happy, joy, joy, right? Um, Uh, Of course, Vanessa. (laughs) Woohoo. Yeah, but you're a badass, and we love you. Huh? Oh, I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> they put well, up with my freakiness there. Hey, that's cool. Well, we um, all put you put up with our freakiness too. We're all a little. We all can be a little that's crazy fair. here. True and story. <laughs> True story. Well, oh, Vanessa, so when when you arrived at Julia's uh, childhood home. How did you feel about the home itself? Like I wanted to throw up. Mm-hmm. The thing is, yeah. what, what people, um, and I mean, this is the only way that I can describe it, and I've described it a thousand times on different shows. When you're in the presence of something that is negative or evil, and I don't mean demonic. Let's just go ahead and put that out there. I'm not saying the D word, Okay. <laughs> Right, um, right. But when you're in the presence of something that is, is that is very negative, it has a particular taste. Um, okay. It tastes like you're sucking on a charcoal briquette, and that's I mean, even with a, a living person that has a negative energy, can have that same flavor to their aura, to their energy, and if if you're sensitive to that, you can you can taste it. And so, I mean, I knew right off the bat that it was just not good. And it was, it was, uh, it, the thing is, and I've actually never told Julia this. So here's one for you, Jules. Oh, um, no. It, yeah. <laughs> scared. It, well, don't be scared, love, because you don't live there anymore. Um, oh, the true. feeling that came off that house was despair, loneliness, anger, yeah. and cancer. And cancer has yeah. a particular odor. And <clears throat> that that is something that is, I mean, I'm a dental assistant, and I know that smell. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you I've had to tell patients. Yeah. Yeah. Pardon? Do you, do you think it was from the man that lived there or something else? It, it felt like it to me. Either way, whether it was or not, that was the sense that it was giving off. And yeah. You know, it. You just all you can say is, "Damn, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to deal with that." Because as an adult, it's difficult enough. I can only imagine. Well, I I can't imagine because I did it. But you know what it's like for a child. It's yeah. very, yeah. it's very, it's very trying, very testing. Oh sure. And and I guess to maybe. I guess maybe when you when a child a child is experiencing this. Uh, things like Julia did, maybe it's the um, 
maybe it's the fact that they are a child that kind of protected them from the the real bad part of it. Maybe some of the lasting memories are not quite so lasting whenever it happens as a child versus happening as an adult. What do you think? Very true. Well, yeah, yes, yes and no. Okay, I'm going to be very honest. Um, there are, it, could it be the fact that, you know, any one of us, Rachel, myself, or Julia, um, could it be our childhood and maybe short-term memory that keeps us from remembering any bad things? It could be. That having been said, I believe it is more of self-preservation, that those memories are attainable. We can grasp them if we so choose to. And it's a conscious daily choice to not reach into that abyss and to pull those things out that are just hovering there because I think it's too much. It's too much to deal with. It's kind of like, do I really want to know? Right? Exactly. I guess that's why maybe I was blocked too, because it was just yeah. too much for me to handle as such a young child. Some of the things are too too much to handle as an adult. Yeah. I've got plenty of stuff that I choose not to dwell on. Plenty. Paranormal and otherwise. And I know it's there. But I'm 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 choosing the very, very healthy choice of shoveling that shit all the way down. <laughs> to where if it ever decides to to bubble up, maybe I'll be old and senile by that time and I won't care. <laughs> That's an interesting way of looking at that. I, I like that, that analogy. Thank there. you. Very healthy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um yeah, that, yeah, that's definitely all right. Well, um Rachel, how uh, first off, you're in you're empathic as well. Yes, um, I I can absolutely feel the energies of different people, and it, it's kind of crazy because I work in retail. Uh-huh. So like sometimes, yeah, sometimes you know I'll be like making coffee, and like something will hit me, and I'll turn around, and I'll you know what I mean. Like, you can feel the energy and stuff off of people, but yeah. <sighs> That's about <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a butcher, so, uh, and they call me paranormal butcher because I'm a paranormal investigator. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, talk about being able to get your frustrations out. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hell, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I'm a little bit people. jelly, I'm not going to lie. That's awesome. Some of the people that I run into, I'm like. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make 
make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hmm, what would you be like cut up for steak? You know. You preach it. You scream that. I ain't bragging. It's true. Okay. <laughs> I mean. Right. It. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, retail is definitely, if you, if you have problems that you can't deal with other people, that is not the place to be, you know. So. Um, exactly. <laughs> but Rachel, now, <laughs> I'm going to move right along from that one because it's going to get deep. Uh, <laughs> so, so Rachel, when you finally got to Julia's house, what what was your perspective on it? Well, she did. Well, I'm a, I'm a, that, yeah. yeah, I'm the yeah. ladies at the hotel on Staten Island, and it was um like we immediately just. Like Vanessa said, we hit the ground running. Like, we got in the car together, and we took off. We went to Julia's um, childhood home, and it was just, we were so determined and focused on, like, going places, getting answers, you know, trying to to steal things out and, and just, you know. And to get on Lilla Brooks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We, were, we were really determined and, you know, anxious. Oh, I know I was. Sure. Yeah, Lilla Brook was not a good place. <laughs> no. No. Was it was it um pivotal in this investigation on what we were there oh. for? Not I'm not necessarily everyone that thinks that Willowbrook had something to do with Holly Ann's disappearance, they're mistaken. Mm. Was it pivotal until in giving us other information? Yes. But that was not Holly Ann. And I I think that's important to know. I think that's important for people to understand because all of the information that's out there leads you to believe without recourse, without any, you know, corroborating evidence that she must have been taken there or had something to do with somebody that was there. And that is not the information that we received. Well, getting into the Holly Ann um, Hughes mystery, as I call it, because it's obviously still a mystery um, to to every standpoint, um, I, I, Julie, I know this was your childhood friend and um, mm-hmm. someone that you obviously cared a lot about. When you started getting into the disappearance of Holly Ann, um, what made you so determined to find out the truth? Because the man that they accused of her murder, well, kidnapping slash murder, it just didn't add up. There was just not enough evidence. It it was like, you know, they they were just putting someone that was not a good man in jail 
to close the case. And, you know, Andre Ran, who is in jail right now, um, you know, he's not a good man. And our intentions were never, ever, ever to say that he needs to come out of jail because he didn't do it, because that's not the case at all. He's not a good guy. He's not a good man. He did terrible things, and he belongs in jail, and hopefully he'll die there. But did he commit these murders? We don't think so, because there's just there's just not enough evidence. There's not any evidence. There's not any evidence yeah. at all. Nothing. Zero. I mean, if you research, really sit there and research this case, Where's the evidence? It, there's nothing. There's not one, not one shred of physical evidence, period. The only thing that they have is corroborating eyewitness accounts from former alcoholics and drug users. That's all they've got. Wow. Yes. And so, Holly Ann disappeared in 1981, and he was convicted for her kidnapping, possible murder in 2004, I believe it was. Eyewitness account yes. from that long. Yeah. There's just nothing. There's nothing. And he was so, already sitting in jail. He was already sitting in jail for the kidnapping of Jennifer Swagger. In on the same no evidence. 1987. 1987. 1988. With Jennifer he was Swagger. Yeah. 1988. Yeah. He was convicted of Jennifer Swagger's kidnapping. So he was still sitting in jail when they convicted him in 2004 for Holly Ann. Yes, because he was getting ready to come up for parole. Yeah, so they didn't want that to happen, so they, you know, they found, they charged him with her kidnapping. So, so you ladies have investigated basically a cold case with Holly Ann Hughes. Um, her abduction. And you basically are saying that the person that's sitting in jail is not the individual and that possibly the individual is still loose. Yes, that's exactly what we're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there's been some sort of, um, like you said, hurry up and get this case closed. So... Maybe they could get a bunch of people off their back, so to speak. Is, is yeah. you think that's oh, mm-hmm. well, it's a it's a it's a diversion. Okay, it's it's not a whole lot different than what the government does. Look at this, so you're not looking at this. Sure, you know, take a peek over here, so you're not looking over here. It's not unlike the uh, you know the the assassination of JFK. You know, you would think that any records regarding the murder of a president would be public knowledge mm-hmm. you know people would have access to it correct is that i mean any any rational human being would think that because that is our president mm-hmm. well all that all that paperwork anything that had to do with the case wasn't released until 75 years later that is because any person that could have been responsible for his murder would have been dead and not mm-hmm. able to be charged Murder is a capital offense, and in every state in the union, there is no statute of limitation. So mm-hmm. that even though even though Holly Ann disappeared and somebody could be charged with her kidnapping, there was never a body. Nobody can be charged with her murder 
or uh, nobody's been charged with her murder. Therefore, that portion of it technically remains open. Because at so, any point in time, evidence could come out and somebody could be prosecuted for it. Sure. Now, the whole thing is Holly Ann is missing. You know, is she still considered missing? Or did they go ahead and terminate her? Rachel, you've done more of the research on that than, than I have. Have they considered her deceased yet? They still have her listed as missing. They even yeah. have done, like, the age progression just in case. Yeah. Um, but everything that I've found has always listed her as missing. So technically speaking, you can't try somebody for murder when there's not a body and not even proof that there was a murder. Exactly. So basically this this guy is sitting in prison for the kidnapping of Holly Ann. Is that right? The alleged kidnapping because there's the no evidence to prove such. Yes. Right. Yep. Wow. Um, That's, that is what's terrifying is granted he's a bad person. We're not trying to exonerate him by any stretch of the imagination. But if right. somebody can be convicted on a capital crime like that, like kidnapping, that di- that does have a statute of limitations, if somebody can be convicted with zero physical evidence, zero physical mm-hmm. evidence, it can happen to anybody. So was there a confession by him? I mean, is that what no. they led? No. 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 No, not at all. There well, has never they, been a confession. Well, how did they tie? The eyewitness right. accounts that he, that he was in the same area as Holly and that somebody saw her get into his car. But here's the funny part. When somebody said they saw her get into his little Volkswagen bug, this was in the middle of July, and he supposedly had on a full face mask. That they couldn't remember what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. And how old was Holly? Have you, yeah. Seven or eight? Seven. Holly was seven. seven. Well, even a seven-year-old if would not get into a vehicle with someone that's got a full face mask on. I mean, I don't think. No, no. That that would be so. terrifying to that child. Exactly. That's a good. Yeah, that's a very good point. So, this child would had to have been forced into that car. And if there was an eyewitness account, then this person would know, if they seen it, they would know that this man would have had to have put her in the car physically. Exactly. That would have, that would have changed well, things all around. Yeah. Didn't, the, didn't, didn't they say, like, he pulled her through the window or something of that nature? No, from what I understood, it was just somebody said she got in the car with him. Okay. Yeah, and she yeah. she would ne- she would never get in the car with someone that she didn't know. She was a very, you know, I hate to say this, but she didn't come from a great family life, um, and she was very street smart. Holly yeah. would never get into a car with someone she didn't know. Well, and Julia, you just touched on something, and and I think that we need to make this point early on in the show, is that everything was against us when we were there. Um, News media was against us as far as regurgitating old interviews, contradicting us since we came back. 
they, they commemorated the 36th anniversary of her disappearance two weeks after the fact, when we were yeah, all back yeah. in our homes. Um, we were yeah. followed by police there. No one would talk to us. It was just absolutely ridiculous. But do you know who has not came out against us? Not once. Any family. surviving family members of Holly Ann Hughes, and one of them follows us in one of our groups. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. If anybody would have a right to ask us to not investigate this, it is surviving family members of the missing girl. Yet they have never once done that. And if they asked us to, we would. Because that would be out of respect. They've never done that. That's interesting. Yes, Um, I thought so. Yeah, we might as well get into the fact that, you know, how we were followed the entire time. Um, Rachel's boyfriend was followed by two cars coming home from investigating Jennifer Swagger, her, her location oh. in the cemetery in New Jersey. Um, they watched our hotel. They've called radio show hosts um, and threatened them not to have us on. I mean, these people do not want us doing what we're doing right now. And you have to ask yourself why. Why? Right. That was going to be my next question. You know, why in the world, um, if you wasn't on to something, why in the world would somebody want to stop you from from uh, going any further? And that's exactly what it sounds like to me. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Well, we had proof of that. We had proof of that while we were there. We -hmm. had... One interview that didn't get canceled. And this is the person who sought us out. They contacted Julia first. They sought us out. They wanted to have the interview with us. So me, Julia, and Rachel meet this person, a a very, 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 very biologically close person to the prosecution mm-hmm. of, of, of Andre Rand during the Holly Ann Hughes case. And um, he asked to meet us on South Beach. And so we did. We weren't allowed to audio tape. We weren't allowed to videotape. He wanted to spend the majority of his time telling us tales of his youth indiscretions of blowing up lockers in high school and then his older indiscretions of hanging patients out the windows at at the mental health facility that he worked at um, in order to instill fear in us. And mm-hmm. then he um, he also tried to tell us that if we went to a particular location that he disclosed, that we would find not only Holly Ann Hughes' body, but the other bodies as well, you know, uh, the other people that are missing aside from Jennifer, because she mm-hmm. was found. The- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Only one who was found. And, uh, you know, we, we said this on plenty of other shows, so I don't feel the least bit bad in saying that he kind of walked into a shit trap because he didn't realize we're not just three women, we're three fairly intelligent women. And he he told us where we where we find them, and we said, you know, so what you're saying is if we go there today, we're going to find them. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and me and Rachel and Julia are like, well, didn't the police do a thorough investigation? And he says, well, of course they did. Like, well, then why the hell would we find them 36 years later? Right. Are you stupid. And he knew that Rachel and I were not fans. <laughs> not in the least. No. We had to walk away because I was going to kick him in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, and I had to stay and deal with it. Oh, but my. I love you, Julia. I love you, Julia. I'm sorry. Thanks a lot for that. But, yeah, but ask yourself, Stan, ask yourself why was he trying to lead us to a place out mm-hmm. far away from people right. to supposedly find the bodies that had been gone for 36 plus years. Ask mm-hmm. yourself why. Oh, no. yeah, that, was, that would have, what, that would have not been a good place to, to go. No. It was some water, it was water tower out in like the middle of nowhere on Staten Island. Like, come on. Yep. Yeah. You know. He's we're not definitely we're trying not. to get rid of us. Right, right. Oh, right. exactly. Yeah, that well, was no sooner, thing. No, no sooner did we all walk away uh, from finishing the interview was he on his cell phone. I mean, just dialing like a madman. You know what? I was thinking about that, and I wonder if uh, he recorded us. I hope he did. But that's a good question. You know what I mean? About that. I know. Exactly. That I never really thought about it until here recently. I'm like, wait a second. I mean, he probably was calling to, you know, mm-hmm. tell whoever that it didn't work. But I wonder oh, yeah. if he was recording us, even though we couldn't record him. Well, it makes perfect sense now that you mention it, because we told yeah. him exactly where we believe Holly Ann's body was put. And right. the following day, when we went to go and tried to get any type of EVP evidence, or what's that other flashy lighty thingy? Rachel, what's that thing called? Hello, Mikey, EMF. Mickey. EMF, EMF. yeah. Um, when we uh, went out there to do that, perfectly mowed grass was being mowed again. No Makes leaves sense, were being yeah. blown, but by golly, there was a leaf blower out there, and it's all in the video. You yeah, can you, you can, can hear us telling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can hear us telling. Yeah, we're telling Holly as we're trying to talk to her. Honey, we're sorry. They just keep coming up here. Don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And every time they would come up to us, she would stop talking. She would stop making that little EMF doohickey go up. But as soon as they would go away, it would start going crazy again. Wow. So, I mean, we know where she was put. Mm-hmm. So... so- you you obviously have had people to try to um, steer you in the wrong direction for one thing. Um, have you ever had death threat, threat death 
threats, I'm sorry, yeah. um, dur during this investigation that you guys are doing? There's been I four. haven't had any personally. You, you've had them? No, there's been four for our group. Oh, for the group? There's yeah, personally, no, I haven't. None, none have reached out to me and done that. Not from, not from this. I, I received plenty of death threats from some other people, but nothing from this, personally. But for the group, yes. Yeah, yes, the group. They, we've had a lot of stuff happening in the group. Hmm. It, well, it got hmm. to the one. Well, it was at one point like we were seriously discussing having some type of protection in our home because it had gotten a little bit more frequent, and it was right after. The phone call was made to one of the people that we were going to do a show for. And mm -hmm. I believe he said that the man had a very strong New York accent. Oh, yeah. And wasn't, wasn't he told that, you know. Something uh, would happen to him if he has us on his show. Right. Something in yeah, that something. matter. Yeah. You know, these. These Staten Island people are the worst. You would think that the people from Staten Island are the ones that would care the most because this happened there. This whole legend right. and the legend of Crosby and all these children that we're trying to figure out what the hell happened to. This happened in Staten Island. You would think that you would have the most support there. I have joined so many Staten Island Here. groups, and they hate me. They hate me. I have with so many of the admins they don't want me posting they they don't like anything that we're doing so I mean you just gotta ask yourself why and one one guy actually said to me he was an admin of the Staten Island group he told me I can post whatever I wanted in there so I did and he said no one's gonna care unless it's their own kid exactly and that's sick and these these are people from Staten Island like this is your town. And, exactly. And let's face it, you know, they have more people, more people, yeah, but, more people care, you know, in other towns and other cities and other countries than they do in the old town where all this happened. It's just sad. Exactly. Right. I, I still get messages weekly asking, have we gotten any further with it? And from people in Ireland, England, Scotland, mm -hmm. they all yep. care. They all care, but with the people in Staten Island, why don't you care? They don't care. Yeah, exactly. Care. It doesn't. It don't That's make any sense. It's a very good question. Well, these are the, these reach are out the to things and, that. Like, yep. And these are things that don't make sense. That don't add up. Exactly. Well, uh, we have about five minutes before the break, and, and I kind of want you ladies. To, to I'm gonna ask you a question, and you don't have to answer it till after the break. Um, okay. If if you were to approach the police right now, do you think do you think that you could give definitive evidence of where Holly Ann is and who her killer was? Do yeah, you they think would, they would tell us Andre Rand did it. Okay. They wouldn't help us. Well, they followed us. They wouldn't help. Nah, okay. Staten Island Good. is all just, they just, no, nah, they wouldn't help us at all. Okay. So um, there's no, there's no way to convince these people otherwise that. No. I, uh, mm -mm. 
We'll explain why after the break. You're going to love this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, hang tight. We're going to get a little more into it after the break. Um, everybody that just joined the, the show, we have Threefold Paranormal. We are discussing some very, very hot topics uh, with these three young ladies. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we are going to definitely get into um, a little bit deeper. So uh, you guys come back and listen to Wiregrass Haunts. Hang tight.
Have you thought about becoming a published author? Don't have time around work, school, or family? Let us do the work for you. Save time by allowing eWriter resources to work for you. You deserve the best online writing services available. Let us make your book and your dreams come true. Be a published author in 14 days when we custom ghostwrite your ebook. If you need an expert, allow us to handle your business writing and ebook. We are capable of creating ebook covers, websites, and all the content to go on it. Check us out at eWriterResources.com. web design, press releases, blog posts, product descriptions, academic writing, to cheat in class, social media marketing, and even logo design. Don't worry, there's a lot more, but I'm not going to list them right here. You need to visit Arden Marketing Enterprises at arden-ent.com. That's A-R-D-E-N-E-N-T.com. Or if you would like to speak personally to the owner of Arden Marketing Enterprises, call Teresa Fikes at 334-648-1214. Again, Teresa Fikes at 334-648-1214. Get on it. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wiregrass Haunts. I want to welcome everybody that has just joined us. We have an awesome show going on. Um, my guest tonight is Threefold Paranormal. These three ladies are just simply awesome, and they are on a mission. You know, they are just absolutely on a mission. And uh, I think these young ladies, uh, everybody needs to hear their story. Um, they are definitely on the right track, and I think everybody needs to support them in 150% in every way they possibly can. So, uh, well, again, the folks that hadn't joined us, everybody, I want to reintroduce Threefold Paranormal. Ladies, are you with me? Yes. Yeah. Hi, guys. Aloha. And and she's not even in Hawaii. I know, right? <laughs> oh, broken dreams. As oh, many yeah, shots as nice. she's had, she might believe she's in, in Hawaii, but uh, no. <laughs> You're sick, and, you know, everybody needs a hot toddy, you know, once in a oh, while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, now, ladies, when we went to break, um, I had asked you a question that if you ladies approach the police now with the information that you have um, and you had told them that you knew the location of the of, uh, the bodies and you had proof of this and that, you stated that the police wouldn't help you. Um, they are stuck on this Mr. Rand that has, um, they've obviously have tried him and sentenced him, it's over with, said and done. But you ladies don't think so. Is that right? That's right. So what do you think would have to be the defining measure to get these officials to say, okay, maybe we need to reopen this case because something's not right? the defining measure would be that the person that they know that had something to do with this died. Yeah. True story. That's the only way that's going to happen. And we have a very oh, yeah. specific reason for staying, for st stating why that is. Hmm. Okay. So, so there has to be, um, there has to be some changing of the guards, if you will, without, you know, incriminating all of us. Uh, there has to be some changing of the guards in order for someone else with a fresh mind to come in and look at this differently. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what we're saying. It has to be somebody who can't be bought. Exactly. Like us. <laughs> yeah. Somebody well, who can't be bought and somebody who doesn't fear. Right. That was my next thing. Um, your ladies are very, very courageous. Um, the old saying, it goes back, you can't fight City Hall and win. Okay. Well, sounds like to me you're on the, the right track of fighting City Hall. And uh, Well, for, I, for us, a win is people talking about this. That's a win. Right. 
Nothing's going to bring Holly Ann back, but if we can get people talking about it, not just about her case, but talk about the ones in their community that just don't add up. You know, everyone assumes the boogeyman looks like Andre Rand. The boogeyman can wear doctor scrubs. The boogeyman can wear a business suit. The boogeyman can wear judge robes. Nobody knows what these people are like behind closed doors. Right. Exactly. Um, A lot of people put up a big front when they're in in the public's eye. And um, in the background, they're... They're dragon demons, if you will. So uh, they're perverts, is what they are. Yeah. And that was definitely what I meant. And uh, I, I've run across in my investigations of the paranormal, I've, I've actually uncovered things like that, and it's really, really scary. Once you start digging into the right place um, and the right information, um, it's really scary what you what you find, and it's not necessarily the paranormal uh, that scares you. It's it's the living. Exactly. Oh yeah, give exactly. me dead people any day of the week. Oh yeah, yeah. At exactly. least you know where you I stand. Mean, that that goes back to this case. I mean, it started out as a paranormal case, you know, to get answers, to try to use our tools to find out maybe what really happened, but it, it, it turns into this criminal case that, you know, all these pieces of the puzzle need to be put in the right place because nothing ends up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, you, we, were, we, we were just talking about the paranormal side of this. Um, you ladies said that you went out and you used different devices to maybe talk to Holly Ann. Um, can you... Can you elaborate on things like that? I mean, did you get any definitive answers from Holly Ann? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys can you guys can talk about that because I'm not good with all those devices. <laughs> Rachel, you go, hon. Rachel, uh, Rachel is the the device <laughs> master. <laughs> awesome. And so I have a new Rachel, one too. <laughs> so, Rachel, um, did y'all use a K2 when you went out? Is yeah, that what you talked about while ago? Yeah, um, when we finally got to the location that we believed Holly Ann was, um, Vanessa was speaking with her with the K2, and it was not like, you know, it went up to yellow or like the green blinked, every time she asked a question, it went up to red. Oh, wow. And sometimes it stayed up there, you know, for, you know, a couple seconds. But absolute definitive, like, absolutely. She was speaking with us. We were in the middle of, of a field. So, and we weren't, like, really moving around too much. So... I don't think that anything from the environment, so to speak, you know, like, um, was interfering in that nature. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way. Not in the middle of the world. It isn't. It had to be. It had to be Holly. So so there wasn't any power lines and stuff running above you guys or anything like that? I mean, how? what else... 
would have an electromagnetic field in the middle of a field? Well, it, it well, wasn't. It, it was the middle of the field of Fresh Kills Park. And right. here's the thing: if if it was going to stay up on red because of of out, at, excuse me outward interference, it would have stayed would, on red. Sure, yeah. sure, it would have been there the whole time. Exactly, yeah. but and uh, it was not. No, it would go up to red to respond to her questions, and then it would go, you know, it wouldn't be on at all, and then she'd ask a question, you know, and then it would go up to red. So like. Absolute direct response. So, um, you you guys now I ask this of everybody. Um, you guys know for a fact that it was Holly, or believed that it was Holly, or wasn't somebody else that was trying to communicate? There were plenty of others there. I mean, let's face it, this was the previous dumping ground of the mafia. But uh, okay. it answered, yeah. But it, but this is Staten Island the, Questions were, yeah, it was a Staten Island dump, which was called Fresh Kills, which they lovingly turned into a park. Okay, so in other words, yeah. hey, we've got a bunch of dead bodies in here. Let's go ahead and cover this up and we can play soccer. Okay, it's kind and of really what to, it was and, like. And also, Staten Island was known from back in the 1960s for the dumping ground of the mafia before, mm. you know, they, they built the Outer Bridge in 1960 something. So before then, they would take the votes and they would just, you know, dump their bodies there. So there's a lot of history there. It's known for where the mafia dumps their bodies. I hate to say that, but that's that's the truth. Oh, yeah. And who was answering us, we truly do feel was Holly because of how she was answering the question. I see. You know, and let's just face it. I mean, we all have our abilities, you know, and... I mean, I, I knew the good fellas from the not so good fellas. You know, right. that's the one thing that we that we've said from the get go is Staten Island is really weird because you have a lot of spirits that want to talk to you, then you have the ones standing on the street corner going shh because they don't <laughs> want to be that that you know they don't want to be singing like a canary they'll get in trouble. It's really right. weird. It's a time warp there. Very bizarre. She was very. Specific, and she was also shy when the people that were mowing would try to come up to us. The people that were blowing non-existent leaves would come up to us. She was very shy, mm-hmm. and she would stop talking. Sure. And we have it all on video. It's in, it's in the documentary. Sure, sure. Um, so I, I, I'm going to ask this, and you ladies can answer it if you want, and I understand if you don't want to. Um, what led you ladies to believe that Holly Ann was in that location? <laughs> well, before I left, before I left my house, you know, my husband kind of like helped me realize where she might have been. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we, we under, we realized that spirits can help spirits. It, it's so weird how this works because spirits, ghosts can help each other on the other side and they can help you to find mm-hmm. answers because you know we we called phil a few times for help i know i did and he uh, he led yeah. us to saint joseph cemetery and then joseph was helping us he, he told us where to go my husband told us where to go we went to the cemetery and joseph 
was helping us, you know, directing us where to go after that. And Holly Ann let us all know in her own little way before we ever, before I ever even got on the plane. Yeah. And Rachel got in a car and Julia was waiting for me. Holly Ann made me hear um, what we could only figure out to be uh, garbage trucks. She was yeah. waking me up in Oklahoma, three o'clock in the morning, making the sound of a gar- what we could only describe as garbage trucks raising up and down in my bedroom. Yeah. Only way to describe it. So everything it, just kind of fit. Us, yeah, and it led us to the Staten Island dump, which they call Fresh Kills now, and which is not there anymore. They actually turned that into a park. Right. And that's been there for since Staten Island, since people started building houses there. That has always been the dump where everyone in the five boroughs of New York would bring their trash. So they finally closed it down. Oh, the smell was horrendous. I mean, I would, I lived, I lived like a half hour away, and you could smell the dump. It was, you know, and a lot of people are sick now, too, because of that. You know, there's a lot of people that are dying of cancer, and, you know, they're blaming it on the dump. It was horrible, horrible. Wow. Um, that, well, that's interesting to me, how you ladies uh, decided that this was the place that you needed to talk to Holly Ann. Um so being impasse, and, and uh, Vanessa, you were talking about hearing um, tra- uh, garbage truck noises and things all the way in Oklahoma. Um, uh-huh. So you you think that Holly Ann has contacted all three of you individually? I mean, is, yeah. is that? Yeah, Most definitely. <laughs> And that, and that, it's, it's it's not as weird as you think. Oh no, I I'm a paranormal investigator, so there's nothing that makes me think anything's weird. So, um, I've had dead people contact me, and I've drawn their picture and not been able to figure out who in the hell they belong to. So I just oh, post the picture that I've sketched on it on uh, social media. And then people will contact me and say, why did you draw that? That is so-and-so. And And I'm like, okay, well, did he die this way? And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, this is your dude. He says, hey. And then they'll send me the the picture that I, the the actual picture of what I drew. Mm -hmm. And I don't know him from Adam. So dead people are smart. You know, they know who, they know who to search out. They know who to seek out. When you have any type of yeah. abilities, empath, clairvoyant, clairaudient, whatever, you're kind of like a firefly in the sky, and they, they, they follow that light. They, they know who to come to. She definitely picked us out. Definitely. Yeah. Well, she's yeah. obviously uh, uh, seen that you ladies are trying to help um, find her killer and find her abductor and that type of thing. Um, and you have to understand too, we're all mothers. And that, that brings a lot, that brings a lot until, you know, to the situation that we're all mothers and it's just, you know, I would want if everything happened to any of my kids. I would want everyone to, you know, I would want someone to help me. 
in this way. Exactly. That motherly instinct. Yeah, my wife talks about that all the time. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. it, it's a living, breathing thing. Believe us. And in some cases, it's an affliction. Um, mm-hmm. In tragic, yeah. tragic times. Um, that's absolutely yeah. true. But um, now, as you ladies have progressed in this investigation, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you kind of like the people uh, from Ireland asked. Now, what's what's new in the investigation? Have you guys moved forward with some things? Well, we made, we we made the documentary. I mean, that's what, that our goal was always to get people asking questions about this case. And thanks to Gwen Clapper, she's our editor and producer, and she you know helped us put together this documentary. And the whole you know we wanted to get everybody just to wake up, I guess, and and to understand and and know what understand why we were doing this. So we have mm-hmm. we have our and we hope for there to be a part two. Yes, exactly. Well, that was that was amazing because that was going to be my next question: Is there going to be a continuance to that? I mean, uh, um, we want I there did, to be. You know, it's no. just getting it's getting there. You know, I mean, it's hopefully the the first documentary made people start to question. Maybe just maybe they'll mm-hmm. be more willing to speak when we go back. Yeah. That's what we're hoping but, for. Yeah. The goal was always to make this documentary, you know, and sell it and use the, the, the money that we made from it to get some kind of a memorial for Holly Ann and the rest of the children that are missing from this case. There's other children involved. You know, Holly has always been the mission, but there is quite a other other children that are involved in this case you know there's nothing for holly ann or these kids that you know states remembers their absence <laughs> there's nothing there exactly we, we we wanted to get some kind of memorial for these kids to remember right. them um so we're, we're we're working on that unfortunately the documentary we couldn't sell this one but hopefully we'll be able to make another one and sell it and use that money to get a memorial out there. Use 100% of it. Just make sure everybody knows that. We never yeah, intended 100%. to make money personally. Yeah, we never intended wow. to make money personally off of this case, ever. Yeah, our hearts are, are all in the right, right places. Like we said, we're mothers, and we just, you know, we want justice for this these kids and for Holly and sure. it's just it's, it's it's not fair that nothing is remembering these kids I agree but you see it all the time Vanessa said this on, on other shows you see it all the time where there's towns and there's a child missing there's always there is some there, there's something stating you know in memorial of, of this child that went missing there's nothing there it's like they're all just forgotten Like they're disposable. Like they're disposable. And you know, something you had said earlier about a family or somebody had said something about, well, it's this family. You know, it doesn't matter how a family is. You know, that person, that individual life 
that has been taken or, you know, or faded away, if you will, they deserve for people to remember them because they were an effect on this earth. They were an effect to other people. Um, Holly Ann, you know, she was friends to Julia. She was friends to a whole bunch of people. And those people remember, then the world should remember. You know, exactly. right along with right along with all the rest. And and I just applaud you ladies for putting your time and efforts and you know to to get all this going. And and how long did it take you to make the um, the documentary? Oh boy! Oh, good gravy! Wow! Bless bless <laughs> Gwen's heart! Oh, bless Gwen's heart! Because unfortunately, um, during the filming, because we were very green, okay, um, there was uh, configuration issues trying to get things converted to where they could go together, um, and there was there was interference as well um, that really really um, hampered being able to put certain pieces in there. So Gwen got everything that she could. She salvaged everything that she could uh, from the footage that she was given and put together something that's quite beautiful. And mm-hmm. I can't wait till, you know, all three of us, me, Rachel and Julia and Gwen get to go mm-hmm. back and know that everything is going to be done right. And yeah. that we're going to be able to put out a quality product that can receive some financial benefits so that we can put up what we're what you know we're looking at as a possible park bench, some type of memorial for Holly Ann and the other missing children. Mm-hmm. Ha- have you have you guys thought about maybe a gun GoFundMe type thing for um, maybe getting this memorial up? That's yeah. we we have talked about that. We have talked about that. Um, and that is a possibility, depending on how long it takes us to get back and film a, a second part. Um, maybe we can do that before we film the second part and actually start off the the second documentary with the placement of it. That is actually, I don't know where the hell that came from. That was a brilliant idea that just popped into my really, really, really tired head. Um, but um, so that's that's something that we definitely could do. Um, it's considering how some have acted about this, especially in that been hesitant to put that out. Um, you know, but it's it's definitely a possibility. Definitely a possibility. Yeah. Wow. Now when 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 you three ladies were investigating this case, was it just you guys or did you uh Add maybe mm. a private investigator or any any of that type. No, no Rachel's so. pretty damn good at that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Rachel should be little, a PI. Yeah, we will have we will bring certain. <laughs> good how do I how do I put this? We will bring certain qualities to this team. Sure. You know, absolutely. Rachel is the researcher like she can just research anything <laughs> and she's so good with the equipment like like if there's any kind of piece of equipment Rachel can work it you know and, and and then Vanessa is the medium she feels she, she could tell you anything about anything about anything 
don't even know. Oh, bless you. <laughs> and I just tried to be the mom. I just tried to be the mom of the group. Just, mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't know. Vanessa, you tell me, like, what do I bring? Well, no, I, I would I would agree with now. that. And you also, you also keep us grounded, you know, because yeah. me and Rachel, we can get going, you know, we can get going and yeah. you keep us grounded. Um, the beauty of Gwen, when she's able to come with us, when we can do this again, possibly after Ireland, is Gwen is ex-police fire and EMT. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she already she has that built-in skill set that will that will take us one step further. So she was she's really 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 good at what she does, and all four of us there it, it should be pretty astounding. Um, wow. I'm hoping that after my work in yeah. Ireland is done and we come back that that maybe I might be able to get a sponsorship to go out there. That's my goal. Uh, cool. So, and Gwen, um, and Gwen likes go to ahead. be behind the scenes. Gwen likes to be behind the scenes. She is a part of Threefold. She is the backbone of Threefold. But she, you know, she's, how do you put this? She just wants to be behind the scenes, and that's how it's she amazing. wants it. So we respect, we, we respect that. Exactly. And she is meticulous. And making sure that if something is put out there, that it's put out there to the best quality of her exactly. ability and that there is nothing. I mean, she, she's one of those people that when I've investigated with her multiple times in Virginia, I've had to fly out there or drive out there multiple times. And um, she, it, when, if she's doing a spirit box, she's so tuned in to radio, CBs, everything else because of her previous history that she's like, nope, not real, nope, not real, nope, not real. Okay, that might be real. You know, so, I mean, she's, yeah. she's not one of those, oh, did you feel that? That must be a ghost. That's not, that's not Gwen. And she mm-hmm. works the same way. And, and when, when she has to look at something from a legal standpoint, she is meticulous. <laughs> yes. I mean, she is tenacious like a fucking pit bull. I mean, she is, oh, yeah. she is insane, you know, um, wow. but yeah, so that, that is our goal is to get the three of us, um, and Gwen there the next four time. Yeah. Yes. All four of us, all four of us there the next time and be able to really sink our teeth in. Sure. Wow. That, yeah. that, that That's great. Um, that you, you have a relationship like that. You four, actually, and uh, you know, I see where you said that you you ladies just kind of clicked whenever y'all y'all got together and y'all met and that type of thing. Um, now, as a paranormal group, um, do you guys do uh, paranormal investigations for other people quite frequently? And well, as individuals, we all have our own stuff going yeah. on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, uh, my, my schedule is, is stupid. So it, <laughs> it doesn't, uh, it's, it's, it, it's stupid. It doesn't, um, it doesn't allow for me a lot of travel. So the majority of what I do um, is remote viewing because when I travel, I generally go overseas. I so, I mean, yeah, um, which, but I mean, yeah, we, we've all done our own things. We've all investigated for Julia as well. 
Um, Rachel's done her own things. Julia has, and so have I. Threefold came together specifically for this case. And uh, once I'm able to move closer to my girls, then uh, expect us to start throwing down. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be. So, with this case, with Holly Ann Hughes uh, going in different directions, obviously, um, do you expect some some uh, new details uh, really soon? I mean, on the on the case that that you can tell the world. Rachel, Rachel, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm getting together a letter myself um, to Mr. Andre Rand, and I'm hoping that he responds. Um, I was able to get his address from somebody else that was corresponding with him that I had done an interview with um, uh, the gentleman that I interviewed had been corresponding with him for quite some time. And uh, so absolutely. Um, There's also another, the other interview. um, We kind of didn't touch base on that part of our investigation. Um, but like things that were happening around the area, um, when these disappearances took place. But yeah, there's definitely good stuff coming. Some new, new good stuff. New good stuff. Well, we like new good stuff. That's for sure. Um, Absolutely. so, Around the same time that um, Holly Ann disappeared, how many disappearances were there? Oh my God, a lot. I have a, I have the list right here in front of me. Okay, All ready? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 19, 1972, five-year-old Alice Piera. Nineteen seventy-seven, Audrey Nirenberg. Nineteen eighty-one, Holly Ann Hughes. Nineteen eighty-three, eleven-year-old Thais Jackson. Um, who we believe to be on the Willowbrook State Grounds. Yes. In 1984, yeah. 21-year-old Hank Garfolio, and 1987, 12-year-old Jennifer Swagger. So these these children are all tied together to Andre Rand. And they all had some type of disability or learning disability, except for, I think it was Alice and Holly. Is Alice, right, Alice, Alice and Holly. I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. Thais, I think, had terrible diabetes and kidney disorders, and right. then that Audrey girl, Audrey was schizophrenic. I'm saying it right. And Hank was 21, but had the mentality of a 15 year old. Well, I have a 16 year old, and that doesn't mean anything to me. Mm-hmm. That my six, my 16 year old is fairly competent. Wow. Uh, and I believe the last known footage of Hank was in the um, the last known pictures of Hank was he was actually in the news footage of I believe Holly it was Holly Ann Hughes' yep. disappearance. He was right behind her parents. Yeah, and that makes that makes you wonder why he was why he disappeared. Was he involved? Hmm. Why was he behind <laughs> Holly Ann's parents? in the media, the news media, you know, reporting 
just talking about her and, and wanting to know where she was and begging the media to help her. And there was Hank standing right behind them. And then he appeared to have no connection to the family. Yeah, a little bit after that, he disappeared. And that was always really weird. I think he, he knew something. Yeah, I agree. Huh. That is, that is pretty amazing that uh, and a little more than coincidental uh, that this person is at the same news conference and then yeah. it goes, then he goes and disappears. Um, it is really, that, that, that's amazing actually. Um, Personally, I think we believe that, that, that whoever technically was involved with it thought he would, thought he would dime them out. Thought he would yeah. slip up. Totally right. agree. Wow. Mm-hmm. That that kind of that kind of makes my mind wander. I'm sorry, it's the investigator in me. I Good. guess. Good. Um, yeah, that's um, what we want everyone to do. <laughs> just think about it. Well, just what you ladies have told me. There's so many variables in this case that um, uh, there's no way that a definite investigation or a thorough investigation, if you will, has been done. Um, you can't just turn around and, and throw somebody in jail saying, well, people will shut up. You know, we're going to throw this on there. Um, similar cases happened here as well. Um, in fact, there was two, two teenage girls that was killed uh 30 years ago or whatever it was oh no actually it was in 91 or 92 or something like that 99 i'm sorry 99 and they just recently last month arrested the man they said that killed them well Mm -hmm. he was living in the community right around with everybody according to the police and um all of a sudden you know you didn't hear anything in fact, I spoke to the man. He, he used to shop in my in the store that I work at, and I've spoken to the man. Just speaking to the guy, he you know he says he's a preacher, and you know this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And then and then when the police arrest him, you know, like really, you know, I've known about this case for years, and then all of a sudden somebody is on the chopping block, and you're not you always question that. Well. Maybe they're just tired of everybody bombarding them with, uh, you know, you need to reopen the case. You need to do this. What about that? And, um, and, and I'm not saying that this case is, is that way, really. I mean, I can't say this man is innocent or if he, or if he's guilty, but, um, there's a whole lot more investigating that could be done. Uh, so you can actually get the right person. And it seems as though in the Holly Hands case, um, they need to reopen this and take a look at it again, because I think you ladies have uncovered enough just to make questions. I mean, exactly. Uh, you're absolutely and you right. Know, I go, go ahead. No, you're fine. No, I was gonna say, I got, I got one for you. Did you ever hear of BTK? <laughs> the BTK killer. Yeah, he was. He he worked for. Uh, I think it was Fishing Game. I I could be wrong on that. 
he was at my father's house to get a raccoon out of the window well before he before he was arrested and was too much of a chicken shit to get the to get the raccoon out, but he could totally bind, torture, and kill with it. Oh wow. But he he was a man of the church. Yeah. You know? So that's what I'm saying. That's that's what really bothers us. If you look at a picture of Andre Rand, can you see any child willingly going with no. him? No. Thank uh, you. No, no. That Exactly. That was- that's why I brought that question up earlier. There is absolutely no, even if he had his face uncovered, this man is not uh, something that a child, um, no, there's no way. Um, exactly. You're exactly right. And they might not have had all of the DNA technology back then that they have now, but they sure as hell had fingerprints. And in his car, when it was searched, there was not one fingerprint, not one hair, not one fiber, not one drop of blood, not anything from anybody. Well, you you were talking about all I well, you know, I think that eyewitnesses, uh, unless they can corroborate that with some other physical evidence, ought to be inadmissible in court. Oh, yeah. Um, they should be. Eyewitness accounts are, are by nature, um, less than 73% accurate. Right. Now, the case in Alabama, they used Ancestry.com uh, <sighs> with a DNA, DNA match. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. A DNA match wow. here. A lot now. of people are yeah. using that now. I am not surprised. I will not have that done. Because, and that's what people don't understand is basically what you're doing. And I mean, you know what, if you want to, more power to you. But basically what you're doing is saying, hello, government, here is a way that you can convict me of something. Here you go. I'm I'm going to send it to you. And I'm going to pay you $99 to store it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You I, know I exactly what you're saying. You know. Yeah, um, that's exactly what you're saying. How easy is it to cover up something or close something out, like in Holly Ann's case, with DNA, and the DNA exactly. might not actually. It may be a close match, but not definitively. And well, and. Let's go ahead and just and just kick the elephant in the room real quick, okay? Sure. On a standard year, you have tens of thousands into the hundreds of thousands of missing children under the age of 18. That's fact. Right. That's a fact. And yet if you go um if you go by the statistics, they say out of all of those you have this certain amount that is from custodial interference. You have this particular amount that are runaways. You have this particular amount for this, this particular amount for this. And according to, um, uh, I think it was a, uh, something that I saw from CNN talking about this, and it was over an 18-month span of three-quarters of a million children under the age of 18 who were missing. They said less than 150 were from strangers. Mm-hmm. So out of three quarters of a million, they were saying less than 150 
were from strangers. Okay, A, bullshit. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Okay. B, not all of these missing children under the age of 18 are being put on boats or on planes and heading to foreign countries for for the sex trade industry. That happens here, too. As much as it happens over in any other country, we just put a little pretty bow on ours because people are professionals. Like I said, they're businessmen, they're doctors, they're judges, they're women, too, mm-hmm. not just oh, men yeah. that do this. That's okay? the part. Exactly. That's the part. Half of, so them, I ask half of them are women. Exactly. So I ask you. If over a 16 to 18 month span, you could have three quarters of a million people go missing, never to be found again, where are the bodies? Where are they? That's a good, that's I, a good question. Where, where the hell are they? That is, that is my question. That makes me think that a lot of these if they are definitely more than 150 children for a 16 to 18 month period taken by strangers, if it's way above that, how high up are those strangers? What Mm -hmm. access do they have of disposing of people? Because if it's your average Joe, we would be finding bodies left and right somewhere. Sure. Someone would see something. Not everybody has access to planes to go drop them off in the forest where nobody's looking or out in the ocean where, where you're never going to find them. We, right. we, we find less than 1% of the people who are missing. That should terrify people. Sure, I agree. It terrifies me, hell. I mean... Exactly. You know, no, yeah. no, wonder, no wonder there's so many paranormal teams. I mean... <laughs> Come on, yeah. give me a oh, break. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So and these paranormal teams need to use their investigative abilities yes. for more yes. than just trying to see if something that's dead can push them. Exactly. Right. Well yeah. You know, um, I have 15 people that's on my team, okay? And I'm the director and the lead investigator. Um, not everybody investigates. You know, yeah. you have to have you have to have people on your team that does specific things and that makes the whole thing work. And right. I find myself um, leaning more and more away from uh, ghosts and spirits and things like that uh, to especially me and, and one of the other investigators, Matthew. We look for this scientific stuff over and over and over it takes so much for us to believe that it's actually a paranormal incident because 95 percent of the times when you go on something you're going to find some sort of physical reason that this is occurring and in cases like this when you have people that's disappeared you're going to find out that it's more than one person that's involved there's not exactly. just some random dude walking the street going, I picked that one, that one, and that one. You're coming with me. No. Exactly. And there, I mean, I, I, 
Andre Graham wasn't even that. He wasn't smart enough to do this on his own. <laughs> no, not be any stretch of imagination. Yeah, mm. he was a drifter. Not, not, he could have never pulled this off by himself. Well, you know, no. when you have when you have people that are linked to families, um, sometimes people disappear because of their family or because of the uh, the company they keep with their acquaintances and things like that, and mm-hmm. has really nothing to do with the person that disappears. And exactly. And when you involve a group of people, and like you were saying, Vanessa, if they're in high enough places, who's to say, I mean, what, what bar is there that they can reach above? I mean, there's no top to it. You know, whatever well, they want to do, they can do and conceal it in any, any way possible. Well, you just hit the nail on the head, and I'll disclose this because I know the show is getting ready to go. Um, in July, from July 25th to August 4th, Gwen and I will be filming in Ireland, um, multiple locations, um, places that most of them, 95% of them, mainstream media has never touched. They're not allowed to. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we're going to be doing over there, and I will not disclose where, no one's going to know until the documentary is done, but let me just put it this way. Those people in high places, I have in my possession 796 names of children under the age of eight who were disposed of. Lord Jesus. And when we're over there investigating, I'm not taking anybody on. I'm there to tell a story. I'm there to tell the real story. Gwen and I both right. are. But our whole time over there is not just going to be investigating and documenting the paranormal, but its effect on those who have dealt with it, what legal ramifications have come because of it, and what we can learn from it. I do not give two shits if something scratches me. That's not why I'm there. And that's not why we did this in Staten Island, and it's not why we will go back. It is to find answers and answers only. Sure. Same situation. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. And if anybody has any problem with that, they can contact me personally. I do it. <laughs> well, um, they would be That's... stupid. They would be yeah. stupid to have anything against that. So, uh, um, well, ladies, my hat's off to you. Um, y'all, uh, y'all are putting the bullies back in their place. And, um, yeah, right. And I applaud that. And and I want you ladies to know that if there's anything that I can do to help or my network or show, if there's anything you need anybody to share, we are here. And uh, all oh, you have to you. do is just contact me and uh, we'll Thank see what you. we can do to make it happen. And, um, Thank you so much. And I thank y'all for hanging out with me for the, for, and I, you know, I'm kind of a boring guy, so uh, it takes a lot to hang hang out with me for two hours. No, so I, uh, I enjoyed this show, I, actually. I did it's a, too. It's a very, very laid back show, and thank you for having us on. Very much. Absolutely. Well, trust me, it's, it's been my pleasure, and, and I hope that you ladies will come back again, especially whenever you, you learn some more stuff and 
you know, I want to hear about it, and I know my listeners do. And uh, because this has kind of become close to, you know, the more and more I see this and more and more I see about Holly Ann, I'm like, yeah, you know, give them hell, ladies. That's all I can say. Give them hell. Thank you. Thank you you very much. Well, you're very welcome. And, um, well, everybody out there in Wiregrass Haunts land, as I call it, um, I want to thank you all for listening tonight. These ladies, I, I just I can't re- reiterate enough. Y'all support these ladies and what they're trying to do. Um, these these children need to be known again. They need somebody to remember them. And, you know, no child that, that disappears or harms come to in any way, nobody needs to be forgotten. And, you know, anytime that, that people like these three ladies um, are trying to to uh, establish that for people that's not even kin to them. You know, Julia's friend, she went to school with her, um, but they're also doing it for other people. So you guys get behind these three ladies, Threefold Paranormal, and just support them in every possible way. And uh, ladies, thank you all so much. And I hope you all have a blessed evening. And please keep us up to date on on what's going on, okay? We will we'll do. Thank for having you. Us on. Have a great night. You all too. Bye bye. Bye. Closing time, open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time, turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time, one last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay
Some other beginnings end.